All right, well, happy Father's Day to everyone. I didn't exactly plan this. I didn't recognize that this text was going to be on Father's Day. Uh, I think it was Carl. Carl sent me something on social media that, like, on Mother's Day, it's all about love and encouragement. On, on Father's Day, it's like, here's a punch in the face, you know? And, and I'm going to punch you in the face today, dudes, okay? So that's just how we're going to roll, and, and that's what we need, man, right? We need a good jab in the throat to get our lives in order. And so we are continuing our journey called Wild and Captivating with the sermon called The Battle. The Battle, all right? Uh, We are in week four of this series. What we've been doing is we've been going into the book of Genesis and we've been looking at true biblical manhood and true biblical womanhood and who God's created us to be. In week one, we talked about the heart. It all starts at the heart, right? Uh, Out of our heart flows the springs of life, and so we need God to minister to our hearts as men and women. Then we talked about the fear and the reality that we are really scared in this day and age of truly being who God designed us to be because we have so much stacked up against us. Uh, Last week, we talked about the wound, and uh, I got a little vulnerable with you. Uh, I just want to say this before I move on. Thank you for the encouragement uh, that you poured out to me as I confessed my wounds uh, last week. Uh, I got real uh, with you in terms of the realities in my own life from childhood all the way to today and the things that I need grace in. And uh, I just want to say thank you to those who made a point to reach out to just encourage me. I pray that I'm being an encouragement to you, but I think there's something special. Uh, I talked with... Uh, you know, Kevin and Courtney with our V group at our PGH City. We had a great V group out here. I know our young adults group and our, our young ladies group. Uh, man, there was some really cool, in a, in a cool way, tears this past week. Uh, there were some really cool tears. Uh, vulnerability, opening up, right? Um, when you deny a wound, Brennan Manning says, that wound will never get healed. And so we've got to confess those things to the Lord first and then to each other. And, and, and so we had a, a powerful time in God's word looking at Genesis 3 together and, and looked at the, the curse because of our sin. Uh, well, this week we're going to consider the battle. And, and we know that just because we make ourselves vulnerable with each other, it doesn't mean that overnight we don't have any more scars or wounds or uh, things to do. Um, in regards to the different pains in our life, um, we know that, that we've got a battle ahead of us. We've got a battle ahead of us. Do you know that Jesus declared these words in John 10.10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. A lot of people love that verse, don't we? I mean, I'm telling you, I've had the privilege of working with the NFL, and I mean, that's a, that's a theme verse. That's a, that's a powerful verse that... Even I've invited guest speakers to come in and speak to the New Orleans Saints and to teams and all that kind of stuff. And, man, this is where they hang. But do you all understand that that's not the whole verse? John 10.10 doesn't just say, Jesus declares, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. There's a very important part before that. And it's the battle that we're going to talk about today. It says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill 
and destroy. So much like what we learned last week in our V groups, isn't it amazing that what Jesus Christ offers to us is restoration? That the blind may see, that the lame may walk, that in Christ, when we surrender our lives to him, I pray that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I pray the Holy Spirit would call you unto salvation. You'd confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. God's word says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want you to know that what Jesus Christ offers to us is from death to life, restoration, so I love, I don't know about you, I don't know why we don't preach it more often. Why don't we share this whole verse? Because the whole verse is what fires me up. Although, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, I, Jesus, have come to restore it, to redeem it. I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. Let's go back into Genesis. So we've been tracking with the creation story. And we know that Adam and Eve sinned against God. And last week we read about the curse and the reality of the curse. Well, here we come on the scene in Genesis chapter 4 and um, I want to show you just one verse. I might go back and read some of it. Don't get off of this verse on the screen. But Genesis 4, 8. <laughs> Adam and Eve's sons, Cain and Abel, uh, act like boys because of the curse, because of the brokenness. And look at what happens in Genesis chapter 4, verse 8. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field... Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. You think you have family problems. I mean, me and my brother have had some pretty epic battles over the years. One was on a mission trip. Uh, we were in Kentucky uh, sharing the gospel of Jesus through the game of basketball in kind of rural Kentucky and we had a whole bunch of missionaries, and believe it or not, uh, were we married yet or were we engaged? I can't remember. We were engaged to be married. I was the leader of the trip. My brother was kind of my sidekick, so we're the leaders of this mission trip. And uh, one night, after a long day of serving the Lord, we decided to play basketball with all the other college kids that were on our team that we were leading, and let's just say brothers be crazy. Me and my brother always grew up fighting. But it was kind of funny, that's how we work things out. Like a good punch in the nose, and then we're cool, right? And my wife still doesn't understand that, watching my kids and all that kind of stuff. But it was also funny, like nobody better mess with my brother, if y'all know what I'm talking about. Like I'm the only one that can fight my brother, right? But if anybody else, I mean, they were dead. Well, we're on this mission trip, things get a little heated, depends on... Uh, who you talk with, I hit a shot in his face to win the game. I think he has another interpretation of it. 
some trash talking had happened, we knew we could not misbehave in front of all these people that we were leading on a mission trip. So we looked at each other and said, basically, it's on when we get back to our dorm room. Um, within a few minutes uh, of uh, wrestling, disagreeing, uh, let's just say one of the youth ministers had to come into the room because our window unit had fallen out of the third story window <laughs> unit window, and I had my brother hanging outside of that window ready to toss him out. Good news, I didn't kill him. He's still alive, and we're still boys to this day. My brother's my best friend. He really is. And uh, I love him, but I, I, I can understand this. Look, there's a battle here. Let's read a little bit more. You can just keep Genesis chapter 4, verse 8. Listen to this. Uh, now, Adam knew his wife Eve in verse 1 of chapter 4. When she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It's desire, it's contrary to you, but you must rule over it. A whole lot of battle talk here. Turmoil, disagreement, division, a pursuit of awards, accomplishments, conquering. Cain spoke to Abel's brother, verse 8, and when they were in the field, I don't know how it went down, but maybe it started as just a conversation, and it escalated quickly. That got out of hand quickly. Unfortunately, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? I've used that line out of context a lot of times. And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Last week, we shared this, that everyone has wounds. Everyone. On this Father's Day, Dad, even if you create the absolute perfect environment in this world for your kids, and you're the ultimate daddy, the ultimate daddy. I loved waking up this morning to some Father's Day gifts. Even my son, Mac, made a, because they're all over YouTube right now making their own videos. We have to keep an eye on them, to be honest. Um, but Mac made kind of like a, a highlight video of dad highlights of me. And so that's what I enjoyed over coffee this morning. Like, I, I love being a dad, right? I'm not going to let you see it because there were some videos that we need to keep private. But I, but I love being a dad, even in our attempts of being dads. If we do it in the most perfect way, we recognized last week 
that even if you're the perfect dad, raising up your kids in the perfect experience, your kids are going to have some wounds. Because they've been brought into this world broken, sinful, public, you know, contrary to public opinion. I didn't teach my kids how to sin. They're little sinners. McCall's cute, but she's a cute little sinner. Right? Like, total depravity, there's sin in their life that they need to be restored of, that they need to be saved from, but there's also sin in the world. So last week I said, you all have wounds. This week, can we just all recognize this? You live in a world at war. You live in a world at war. This war or this battle, think about these three types of battles. Number one, and we've been looking at this, there is the creation battle. This is a battle with our nature, total depravity. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you are new to church, giving church a try for the first time, vintage church, raise your hand if you're a sinner in the house. Join the club. The only difference with any of us here in this room is some of us have trusted in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We've been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. And that's nothing we boast in and of ourselves. It's all because of Jesus. And that Jesus is here for you today as well in your sin. For God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? Isn't that great news? So there's the creation battle. There's the communal battle. Not just battle with our nature, but battle with each other. (laughs) Battle with each other. In our pursuit of all the great things that every country tries to accomplish, from social injustice to Uh, helping the hurting, to caring for the poor, to uh, governments and being corrupt. I hate to tell you, there's never been, never been a country that was free of a communal battle. My whole family's from Africa. Go back and study the tribal wars within Africa. There are battles everywhere at all times because people in their sin can't get along. I'm doing some premarital counseling with Ryan and Taylor right now. We're going to be married this uh, fall. They were up here at the beginning of our gathering kind of welcoming you guys. And I've told them this already. What happens when one sinner marries another sinner? A whole lot of sin. And you got to recognize that. There's going to be a battle, even within your own home, the communal battle. But number three, there's the conquering battle. There's the conquering battle. This is battle, not just with our nature, not just with each other, but battle with a kingdom. And all of us, even our many kingdoms, our many kingdoms, dads right now, you could be like, I'm the king of the castle You know, you got your own house, you got your own mini kingdom. 
You're trying to make that kingdom as great and awesome as it possibly could be. To greater kingdoms, maybe your identity of your work and your career and and the pursuit of that, a conquering of that, a success in that. Maybe greater things within our cities, maybe greater things within our country, within our world. But there's always this battle to conquer. Throughout history, there have been battles because of a pursuit of a kingdom. Sadly, even within the church. We rise up too much, and we try and promote our many kingdoms instead of the kingdom. Well, that church doesn't do it like us. They don't sound like us. They don't look like us. Let's figure out how we can take as many people from them as possible to us. Poor pastors around the country get picked apart left and right. Because you don't talk like this. You don't do this. You're not here enough for this. There's battles. Ladies, let me just talk to you for a second, and then if you don't mind, with all due respect, the remaining part of my message today is going to be geared towards you men. Ladies, I want you to know this week's V-Group study is going to talk about a special hatred. This is what Stacey Eldridge goes on to say, put two things together, that Eve incarnates the beauty of God, and she gives life to the world. Those two things. Satan has a bitter heart against it, and he cannot bear those two things that God gave to you. He hates that you incarnate the beauty of God and that you give life to the world. And so he's going to throw, Satan's going to throw everything. Stacey Eldridge says this, history removes any doubt about this. You're going to hear from Satan through his demons and through this world a couple things, ladies. You are hated because of your beauty and power. Number two, you really won't understand this or understand your life as a woman until you recognize and you come to this place within your heart and with your identity of these two things. You're passionately loved by God in this universe and that you are passionately hated by the enemy. So this week you're going to talk about a special hatred. Now men, before we go on a man camp this weekend, let's get serious. John Eldridge, in his book this week, is going to kind of confront us in regards to our battle. And when it comes to a man's battle on this Father's Day, there's three different things in regards to the battle that John Eldridge finds out with guys everywhere. Three different categories. Number one, some guys have no battle. And that's a problem. I believe in some degree that if you as a man are not going through some sort of warfare, and I've shared this with you over and over, what Satan has dubbed you as is you're a water boy for the kingdom of God. 
He actually loves you're doing nothing. You're not trying. And he's like, why would I want to mess that up? There's no fight. There's no standing up. There's no being strong in the Lord. I'm going to let him be. As I shared with you, I can promise you, hanging out in the NFL, I have never found any NFL player study film on the water boys. So, number one, that's one category. Men, if you're here in the house and you'd say, I've got no battle, I'm telling you that's a problem. We ain't in heaven yet. Number two, there are guys who fight the wrong battle. There's no greater place of wrong battles right now than on social, med social media. There's so many people losing their minds on social media. There's too many pastors that love pastoring the world, but they don't like pastoring their own home. What battle has God given you to fight? You need to ask the Lord that. If it's wrong for me to not have a battle, you don't just pick up any battle. What battle, Lord, do you want me to fight? And then thirdly, there are guys who don't know their true place in the battle. So some of us are fighting. Some of us are actually in the right battle fighting. But can I tell you, let's just keep with the theme of confession. Do you know what this pastor does too much in the battle? I do too much. God, watch me, Superman cape on. Watch me do this for you today. And God keeps reminding me that the battle is his. That I plant, that I water, but only God gives the growth. Y'all with me? So I, I want to fight in the right way. Turn with me to 1 Peter, men. Ladies, those of you who are married, I hope you take a bunch of notes. If your husband's not here, you have my permission to tackle him and force him to come back, watch this message. For those of you single ladies in the house, really want to encourage you to take good notes. For this, I promise you, in your dating life or within your own family with your dad or relative or whatever else, there's going to be a battle in that man's life. And I'm equipping you with something to give them as an encouragement today. So we're going to learn how to fight. We're going to learn how to battle from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 11. Before I read this text... I want you to watch a video that I found this past week. Only the hard and strong may call themselves Spartans. Only the hard, only the strong.
emerge. For our lands, for our families, for our freedoms, we march. Daxos, what a pleasant surprise. This morning's full of surprises, Leonidas. We've been tricked. This is a surprise. Silence! We heard Sparta was on the warpath. We were eager to join forces. If it is blood you seek, you're welcome to join us. But you bring only this handful of soldiers against Xerxes? You see, I was wrong to expect Sparta's commitment to at least match our own. Doesn't it? You, there. What is your profession? I'm a potter. And you, Arcadian, what is your profession? Sculptor, sir. And you? Blacksmith. Spartans! What is your profession? You see, old friend, I brought more soldiers than you did. I need all the men to stand up right now. If you're a man in the house, stand up. And on three, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to read God's word. I was reminded of that clip. I got the chance to speak at a company here in Pittsburgh called 2D Mechanical and speak at their annual meeting, and they showed that clip, and I, I think it's just so powerful. Listen to the word of God. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 11. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Now all the men in the house, let's read verse 11 out loud together. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. You may grab a seat. There are a few things that I want you to write down in terms of our battle plan, men. And we're going to have some fun together breaking this down. Please join us for the man camp. Reach out to one of our uh, Connect team leaders in the lobby after this if you'd like more information about it. Uh, right now we have about 20 guys signed up and I'm super excited to go camping and to dig deep on some hard things. 
Because we know the real battle is our hearts. Um, There's a couple things just to give you a battle plan on this Father's Day. Number one, bow down. In verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time he may exalt you. Men, this is where it starts. This is a challenge to me. If I was to ask my wife, if I was to ask my kids right now, How often is daddy, how often is your husband bowing down? I'd be embarrassed. You are a fool. If you think you can do this. Contrary to what 300 teaches you. I was his body double, just to let you know that. About 40 pounds ago. You can't do this. The gospel actually starts with that message. You can't do this. But Jesus can. And because Jesus can, now you can do this. And how does that start? Death to life. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Surrender. Men, what's play number one? Any men in the house? What's play number one? What did I just say? Bow down. Bow down. Number two, cry out. Cry out. I'm not going to tell you who showed up here for V Group on Thursday, but all of us men wept. And in my opinion, real men cry. So I'm not just going to bow down. If you've truly recognized God's battle and, and you've truly stepped up to the plate to say, God, I'm going to fight here. My home, work, the city, this specific opportunity. I have no doubt because this is how God works. At least he's worked in my life. God has rarely ever asked for me to do something that I can do in my own ability. Why? Because at the end of the day, that's why I told the Gen Sen students, I hope they're overwhelmed right now. I hope they're scared of our city right now. Should have been here in winter. (laughs) I hope it overwhelmed, because I told them at the end of the day, God did not call them here so that in six weeks, we're like, man, these Gen Sen students were so awesome. All praise be to these Gen Sen students. No, what God's called them to do here is to glorify God. And so God puts you in a position where you're overwhelmed, where you can't do it, where everyone starts leaving you, where where your chips are stacked against you, where you don't have the ability. 
And God says, that is the perfect recipe for a miracle of God. So get over your pride, dude, and cry out. Confess to your spouse right now, you don't know what to do. I need help. I need Jesus. Cry out. In verse 7, it says, casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Why do we cry out? Because he cares for you. Thank you, Jesus, for answering our cries. You are faithful. Number two, cry out. Number three, wake up. Men, loud, say wake up. We go. Look at what it says in verse 8. Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Wake up. I think I've told you this illustration before. First football game of the season for my twin boys. Burke is a linebacker and he's a mean sucker. One of my twin boys. I mean, he just loves. Hitting people. Gets it from his mama. And first game, I'm telling you, he takes it to the house, scores a touchdown. He's like, this thing, these Pittsburgh sissies up here, man, I'm just going to dominate. The very next set of downs, he's a linebacker, and he's just thinking. I don't know what his problem is, but he just thinks that the other team is going to let him destroy them. And it was dirty, but it this daddy... Mama maybe was concerned. This daddy was excited about it. I've got it on film if you want to see it one day. Gets blindside, head-to-head hit, and knocked out with a concussion. Completely knocked out. And you might say, well, man, that's tough or whatever. That was a lesson moment for me. Son, wake up. And I went deeper as his daddy with that. I said, you can't go through life just, men, you're about to get knocked out by the enemy because this is you going to work tomorrow. If you recognize the battle, you wouldn't waste your whole morning on social media. You wouldn't get in the car and just turn on your favorite tunes because you're No, you'd probably be on your knees soaking up the word of God and then having a praise party on your way to work because you know God's called you to man up at this work. If you don't put your head on a swivel, Burke, you're going to keep getting knocked out. So you don't go on defense like, you ready? Where's he coming? Look at verse 8 and verse 9, sorry. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, in verse 8, prowls around like a roaring lion. Not coming to have a discussion, 
but seeking someone to devour. Greatest gift my father-in-law ever gave to me, who's now with Jesus, who passed away of cancer, was before I walked that aisle, before she walked that aisle to me, and before we said our I do, my father-in-law, man of very few words, pulled me aside and said, son, I love you, I'm proud of you, I can't wait to have you in our family, but know this, no one is above falling. Stay humble. Number four, stand firm. If you'd like six or seven weeks, maybe actually ten weeks of this point, go back and watch our armor series. For ten weeks, I preached on the armor of God right here. And this is the command here in 1 Peter. For in verse 9, it says this, Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And so in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 10, we learn how to fight God's battle, God's way, with God's equipment. I'm telling you, I got 10 weeks of sermons you can Unpack if you missed it. Because we're told to be strong. We're called to stand against. We're at a point of strength. We don't go down to where the enemy is. A mighty fortress is our God. So we're called to stand firm like it says right there in verse 9. And as we stand firm, we take up God's equipment. The belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. Helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the shoes of peace, the sword of the spirit. We fight God's battles, God's way, with God's equipment, and we keep alert through it all. I want you to know that we're called to stand firm. Men say stand firm. Lastly, we close with this. Rest in Any man in the house thankful that we don't fight for victory in Jesus, we fight from victory. Any man willing to confess that you've lost a few battles, that you weren't always there for your family, that you weren't always pure, that you didn't always keep your head on a swivel and the enemy took you out, anyone thankful that you might have lost a few battles, but in Christ Jesus, you can never lose the war. I love this battle plan because look in verse 10 and verse 11 as we close. It says, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace. Everybody say grace. Ladies, I need to hear you too. Grace. We all need grace. He's the God of all grace. God's teaching me a lot about grace right now. Who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. 
Now before we read verse 11, I'd like for every single man in the house to join me up front here on your knees. Let's go. Even if you're reluctant, I don't care. Get down here. Adam, I want you down here. God's word is clear what his battle plan is. You can see it up on the screen. I keep that up there so I don't mess up. And I'm 11 minutes over preaching today. But it's Father's Day, and this is a gift to myself. (laughs) Men, this is where it starts. Bow down. Bow down. Cry out. Wake up. Stand firm. Rest in. And at the end of the day, what God promises us is to Him (laughs) be the dominion and glory forever and forever. Amen. So with it completely quiet right now, you pray and talk to God. In this moment of bowing down on this Father's Day before we enjoy some root beer and some beef jerky in the lobby, what do you need to confess to the Lord? Some of you men right now, I ask in the name of Jesus for pride maybe pride of religion to be obliterated. And for the first time in your life, I pray that right now as you're on your knees, the Holy Spirit would call you to confess Jesus as Lord for the first time. You can't do this without Jesus. Maybe it's a cry out right now. There's pain and you've never told anybody. Tell Jesus first. And I know Jesus is going to compel you to tell others. Maybe it's a wake up. You are lollygagging through life. Your spouse, your wife is so sick and tired of how sloppy you are. It's time for you to start waking up early and doing battle with Jesus over your family instead of just hoping it fixes itself. You need to stop crying on your way home from work because you entered work not being alert. You have responsibility in this too. But by the grace of God, Right now, it's a commitment to wake up.
How about stand firm? I know there are some battles with you men. Because I know the enemy hates even that you're here at church on your knees. Remember, we're called to not be strong by ourselves. We're called to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So stand firm, men. Lastly, rest in. Everybody take a deep breath, men. Deep breath. Holy Spirit, may that breath be your breath. For we, as men, on our knees before you, we rest in the guaranteed all-time gospel, victorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And we know, as followers of you, Lord Jesus, as we learned last week, we are loved. You are proud of us and you adore us. Lord Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.